1: Hello again my beautiful screamers and welcome welcome to another episode of Scream Queens the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 275 and tonight it is day 3. Day 3 of the everyday is Halloween fundraiser benefiting new alternatives for homeless LGBT youth and tonight I'm being joined by two very very bearded guest hosts. Yes, we're having that beard up. It's here happening today. We've got Michael Howie from Defender Radio and Christopher Gronlin from Not About Lumberjacks. They're all here. We're reuniting. The beards are joining to do something really gross and also talk about the movie Cube, that Canadian movie Cube that made math scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But first, please, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and normally every month, twice a month, I am your guide through the weird and wonderful world of horror movies but you have to see them through my very very gay little eyes. <laughs> ha 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 tickle 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 tee hee. That got weird and I didn't like that. But fortunately, we're not doing that right now. Well, we are but we're not but we're not. No, we're not doing this twice a month. I'm coming at you twice a week. Every week to the end of the year bringing you some of the coolest people in the internet, some of the funniest guests to talk about some of the scariest movies in order to raise money for new alternatives combat the ever-growing epidemic of homelessness among queer youth in America today. And before we go any further, I have to confess, I'm I'm, I'm a bit perturbed. Because the donations, they're just not coming in. Between today and since the last episode aired on Friday, we've had one donation. One. And thank you, Philip Pine, for your $50. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Not mad at you, Philippine. I'm just mad. Because I've, I've done this. Like, I put these episodes out. They're not for your entertainment. Yeah, they are. They are they're, 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 they're art to entertain you, but also to bring you some of the top-notch people out there all in one place, in one form, and to get you to open up your wallets, man. Because, okay, let's put it this way. Thanksgiving is on Thursday. And one of the things I learned going out with um, Jeffrey Newman. Jeffrey Newman runs uh, Backpacks for the Streets, which is another homeless... Uh, Organization, uh, an organization that helps homeless people, they distribute backpacks that are filled with supplies that they give to people on the streets. You know, no questions asked. Here, here you go. Enjoy a backpack, and it's great. And I went out with them on um, the Fourth of July, and we gave out backpacks and also hot dogs and had a little barbecue, mobile barbecue. And the thing that people kept saying over and over, they were so grateful, not just for the backpacks but just to have people sit and talk with them and treat them like they were anybody else. That it was they were just normal people on a normal day or actually a holiday that they got to celebrate in a little special way like everybody else. And Thanksgiving's coming. You've all got places to go, right? You've all got people to spend it with, right? These kids don't, or they do. I mean, New Alternatives is going to be open that day. They're going to have a dinner, but they can't give that dinner without your help, so you can help give these kids a little taste of normalcy on a day when everybody else takes it for granted, to have a nice hot dinner made with love, made fresh, to have a place to go for a couple of hours to feel like you're a normal person, like just anybody else on this special day. This is kind of hitting home for me right now too because I don't have any place to go. But it's not about me right now. I, this is what happens with me because I can't go home to my family anymore. I've turned them away. You know, they're all champions and I can't be around that toxic. So I, I I choose not to go home. These kids don't have a choice. <laughs> so help give them a holiday dinner, huh? Open up those wallets. Come on. Head on over to bit.ly slash that na. They'll take it directly to the New Alternatives donation site. You can go directly to them or if you're a little... If you're more comfortable donating on Facebook, bit.ly slash FB. Scream Queens Podcast Facebook. The links are in the show notes. I am not. Um, uh, sorry. <sighs> um, for the next two shows, I'm not going to be updating just because I I don't have anywhere to go. But I'm planning on just getting out of town for a while. I don't know where. So uh, the shows are going to be going out, but you know the stuff's going to be pre-recorded, so I won't be updating the the, the, uh, the donations and things like that live, like I do every day. That's going to be the Monday, and, uh, Friday, and Monday shows. They're all going to be pre-recorded. But um, I, I just hope when I come back that um, you've responded, because I'm seeing 500, 900 downloads each episode, and not seeing that kind of turnover in the donations and it makes me doubt what I'm doing and that's a really bad place for me to be so early in the pod or the fundraiser, whatever the hell I'm calling it right now. But anyway, again, bit.ly slash sqpod na, Scream Queens Podcast New Alternatives or bit.ly Scream Queens Podcast FB Facebook. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I'm upset now. Links are in the show notes. Okay, I'm gonna dry my eyes. I'm gonna bring on Michael Howie. I'm going to bring on Christopher Grolin. We're going to touch her beards. Everything's going to get fun for a while. We're going to leave the sad stuff behind for a bit and go get locked in the cube because that's a happy place to be. But anyway, let's take a listen to the trailer to Cube. Yay. A cube. 26
0: rooms high. 26 rooms across. 17,576 rooms. Does anybody remember how they got here? Why would they throw innocent people in here? Are we being punished? There's a way in here, so there's got to be a way out. Do you think they'd go to all the trouble to build this thing if we could just walk out? Take a good long look around. I got a feeling it's looking at us. We have about three days without food and water before we're too weak to move. We just want to wake up. There looks no the room down there and something almost cut my head off. Motion detectors integrated into the walls. Tough to spot. You're not getting out of here. Yes, we are! There is no way out of here! We need to get around the trap. They're identified by prime numbers. We'll figure it out. I can't! I'm not dying in a rat maze. No more talking. No more guessing. You gotta save yourselves from yourselves. What
1: the hell's going on? We haven't been moving in circles. The rooms have.
0: We know the key. The key is us. Awesome.
1: Since Halloween is a time where one traditionally faces all the things that terrify them, ghosts and demons and vampires and werewolves and evil twins and all that stuff, I figured it is time for me to face the thing that scares me more than anything in the world, and you know damn well what it is. Math. And since it's no fun to face your numerical enemies alone, no, sir, I brought two stalwart companions with me. Yes, yes. And so... So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, at my GNCs, wherever you may be, put your hands together for Michael
2: Howie and Christopher Brunwald!
3: Hello. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back.
1: Yeah, it's good to have you back, but before we go any further...
3: Where's that Beard's beard at? Beards
1: on my face. Where's that beard at? Beards, Beards on, my, on face. my
3: face. Where's that beard at? Beards on my face. Beards on
1: my face too, motherfuckers. Welcome back. I'm so happy to have you guys. Mo, we had some technical issues getting here, but now we are here. We're all together, and it is all wonderful. So, what is going on with you, Christopher? I haven't talked. I just spent like a half an hour talking to Michael, waiting for you to show up. So, I feel like the need to find out what is going on in Christopher Grundland land right now.
3: Well, in Christopher Grunland land, it is uh, hot in the room that I'm recording in because it's Mm. Texas. It's still summer, even though, I mean, it is almost September, and that's just mind-blowing. But
2: to Uh, avoid any
3: background sound, uh, I have the AC off. So I'm, like, going to probably be shirtless here in a moment.
1: uh, Oh, okay. That part Mm. goes good. So I was going to say, I don't know what you're talking about because it's October right now. Yeah, there you go, man. I just... Slept.
3: Did you forget that we're in a time loop right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Well, yes, that is true.
1: I'd uh-huh. say make them peek behind my curtain, why don't you? So he's going to be sitting there okay. shirtless rubbing an armadillo because we've already talked about that. And that will be for the people on Patreon. Thank you very much.
3: <laughs> hey, it's Texas. It could be, you know, 100 degrees in October. So there you go.
1: Yeah. So the people at Patreon just got are going to be treated to a delightful, like 45 minute conversation between me and Michael. <laughs> But for those of you who aren't, Michael, Howie, what's happening over there? What's happening at Defender Radio? What's going on in your beard?
2: Well, no one ever really knows what's going on in my beard. But uh, season seven (laughs) of Defender Radio has started since we're in October right now. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to that. And if you hear a little bit of clickety-clack, that is JJ the Hamilton Hounds being annoyed that I'm talking to no one according to her.
1: Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but we know, because I was on video earlier, that I just know Michael is practicing castanets this whole time. Yeah. For flamenco dancing
2: class. <laughs> well, I, I, I mastered the salsa, so I had to move on to something.
1: That's a beautiful mantilla you're wearing, by the way. Thank you. I made it myself. Oh, God. He is crafty. He is, he is. He's crafty, and he's also crafty. Yes. So the movie that we were talking about is a little ditty from 1997 from the great country of Canada called cube and Michael how brought it up last time because last time you boys were together in here because both of you guys I did you both separately I don't know if you know yes yeah mm-hmm. I did you both separately so now I'm bringing the group back together out of one maze
2: into another yeah this one though feels more like torture
3: it's only torture if you're dumb and can't figure out what's going on, Michael. Come on. You
2: know what, if
1: everything was made of cardboard, you'd be like, oh, how whimsical. Yes, yeah. I would, in fact. <laughs> but it's not, there lies the problem. Okay, boys, you know the drill, that you know, it is going to be the job of one of you to give me a nice, tight 30-second back of the DVD plot summary of Cube, and I assign Christopher Gronlin.
3: The clock starts now. Okay, the guy wakes up, he's in a cube, he steps forward, Sliced in dice into a bunch of pieces. Flash forward, six people wake up in a cube. None of them know how they got there, none of them know each other, none of them have many memories at all. They have to figure out what's going on. There's one guy in a, a prison escapee who has a boot that he keeps throwing into rooms and he eventually, well, we'll get to him.
2: And figure time, out
0: how time to get up. up.
1: Time is up. You have okay. Michael Al we want to give it a shot and if you read off IMDb, I will crawl through the internet and slap you in the face. Is yeah. that a promise? Yes.
2: Cue. <laughs> yes, promise. Okay, well, then let me let me, let me me do my thing. The clock is started. Uh, <laughs> has it started? When did it start, though? Okay. It's over. Forget it. <laughs> cube is a Canadian cult classic in which six people are in a cube. That is part of a larger cube. No one knows what's going on. For some reason, they won't sit and be honest with each other and figure out what's happening, and they all pretty much die.
3: The spoilers, man. Oh, I'm sorry. And they may die? I was... I was no I I think that should stay in just to show that Canadians are just so honest and trusting that they just they don't even know how to not reveal everything right at the beginning. That's but okay. then again, I fucked up and the movie I, I made it sound like it was 20 awesome. years oh, yeah.
1: old. It's 22 years old. I think we can spoil it a little bit. <laughs>
3: okay. I did, I hadn't seen it until, you know, just recently. Oh, so so you had
1: you, you had. Okay. All right. So
3: what did you think Christopher first time through? I, you know, at first I was thinking that it possibly inspired the whole Saw series, because it was kind of this thing where you wake up in a room and you have to figure stuff out. I have no idea. I'm not as uh, research-oriented as Mr. Howie, so I haven't looked at that, but I I did think that it felt very Twilight zone and I do know that it was kind of influenced by a Twilight Zone episode, so... Yeah. Um, I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it was going to based on some of the acting and not even the acting, the dialogue. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's I mean, this was uh, the director of Vincenzo Natali, also known as Vincent Christmas on the porn scene. No, just kidding. That part's totally alive. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was but, true. Uh, no, but no, he uh, it, it was his first full length film and it shows, and there's budgetary restrictions, but, man, they do wonders with a yes. single set.
2: Oh, for one, sure.
1: It's a one-room set that they just kept changing the lighting on, and you would, it doesn't feel like that at all. Well, yeah. a little bit. Yeah.
3: <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> just a little. but
1: Just a little bit. Uh, just a little just bit. Just a little any, bit. And. Any reason to bring in Aretha Franklin? Now, if Aretha Franklin was in the cube, that would be a whole different thing. Yeah, there are problems with this movie. Like, I mean, I do have problems with the acting, particularly one in particular. particular one in particular is what I just said. Particularly yeah. one actor in particular. I did it again. <laughs>
0: especially,
2: especially one actor in particular. Yes, thank you, thank you,
1: thank you for helping me with my base of native tongue yeah some of it's just too big for Mm, a one room for a one room movie and but the thing is i don't mind because it's consistent that's fair just once you adjust to the feel of it that everything's going to be a little bit too big and you're dealing with people that probably not used to working in this kind of a medium or in this kind of a scenario that um because apparently the whole shoot was very weird but the fact that it was one set and the fact. You couldn't use traditional cameras. Everything was handheld. It didn't feel like a movie set, and it was apparently incredibly hot.
3: Well, I'm kind of recording in that environment because here in October in Texas, it's still 100 <laughs> yeah, we
1: degrees. Already, we heard that already, yeah. I know.
3: But it so, could be. When this comes out, it could on be 100 the, degrees.
1: You're the equator, so pretty much,
3: right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, so they made this for less than 500000 Canadian dollars in the late 90s. So I feel like that does need to be considered. Uh, yeah. IMDb says the estimated budget was 365000 Canadian, which mm-hmm. is, what, like 200000 American probably? Probably. And
1: the fact that it got so, – well, the fact that they got Nicole Bauer uh, – Nicole de Bauer do it is awesome. Uh, well, because yeah. she, she was – she's probably the big star of it. I mean, even after – like, afterwards, she went on to huge stardom. But, yeah, she was the big, probably cost the most out of anybody in here, and she's the best actress in it. But, yeah, it's made for nothing.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, and I can also say that, and again, and growing up. in a theatrical being, release, which is amazing. Yeah. I
1: mean, a yes. minor one, a minor one. But I remember it did play in Pennsylvania when I was working out there because it was out at the same time as the
2: Blair Witch Project. Uh, yeah, and on that opening weekend in the USA, it brought in $57,000. That's impressive. So they actually did make money. They made roughly 200,000 on the worldwide gross. And it's gone on to be a cult classic, so it's made quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, especially with streaming services and downloads and things like that, I bet. But, I mean, growing up in Canada, you, like, you you note that Nicole, uh, Nicole Boer would be the, the big name. I recognize all of these actors.
1: Well, yeah, I noticed they do a lot of Canadian TV. The only one I rec- – the only two I – well, three now I recognize – Two, I recognized one, the guy who played, um, uh, uh worth David Hewlett, David Hewlett. Yeah. I reckon I recognized from, uh, the shape of water.
3: Yep. Yeah. He was in that. And, and he was also in, uh, like all the Stargate TV shows. Yeah. He was, that's what I knew him the, from. Yeah. That's, I was like, Hey, wait, that's not, not you my
1: know, genre. I, Cause I know, I know Nicole, I know, whatever her name is, was on one of the, the star things. She was yeah. on Star Trek DS9. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> and but but those of you who are hard fans might know her from Prom Night 4 Deliver us from Evil, which is a weird one.
3: It's a weird I've one. I've not I've not l- seen beyond the first Prom Night. I'm sorry. I'm horrible.
1: Uh you have to watch Prom Night 2. It has nothing to do with the first one and it is a brilliant gay camp classic.
2: Good to know. I I never went to prom, so I feel like that's that's just sad for me. This explains I, I didn't so much about you, Michael Um oh, You didn't go to prom either, Christopher?
3: I did not go to prom. We stole uh, booze from garages, a friend and I, and we ended and up like sleeping on a wall together. And we
1: shot so a there's a darkness. Yeah, I know. I yeah. Texas, Texas prom, Texas prom. <laughs> I went to both of my proms and I wish that I hadn't. Now I had to bring it up again. Debbie Gibson was in my limo for my junior prom. Oh. Senior prom, senior prom.
3: Wow. Hey, there you go.
1: <laughs> she was a bitch then. She's a bitch now. I stand by it. Oh my God, I hope, the, I hope the band doesn't play one of my songs and I hope they don't ask me to sing. I'll be so embarrassed. And then I watch her go up and give them a 20 to play one of her songs. I'm like, you're awful. <laughs> <laughs> Just say you want to sing. Just say you want to sing. Nobody cares. do a big show. You had to tell everybody, I hope they don't play one of my songs. And I saw you make them do that. And then you had to be all embarrassed. Like, oh no, I couldn't possibly. Shut up, bitch. Anyway, we're not talking about her. We're talking about the cube. Yes. I love this I love this movie opens with a person who actually gets cubed in the cube. Meta. Yes.
2: Well, the thing too, is Julian Riching. So again, sci-fi fans out there played death in supernatural and has been on just about every show that's ever been filmed in Canada. Uh, like he's, he's another one of those actors. I see him like, I know that guy from something and it, there's this 10 year stretch between the mid nineties and the mid two thousands where a lot of, (laughs) well, there's a lot of stuff that got filmed in Canada Oh, it's just wait,
1: there was a 10 year stretch between the mid nineties and the mid.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Funny mean, how decades work
2: <laughs> for some people. It may have felt like 17 years, but for most of us experiencing time in a linear fashion, it was 10 years. Uh, I yeah. look back at my like, 1997. What a kinder, simpler
1: time that seems to be right now.
3: Yeah.
1: Just, just a little bit. We, we had twin towers. We didn't have to take our shoes off at the airport. <laughs> Mm hmm. Mm hmm. We didn't have an absolute take in the White House. But hey, you also didn't have a hot prime
2: minister. So there you go. OK, to be fair, Jean Chrétien, super sexy.
3: Everyone yeah, about he, cool Jean sexy Chrétien enough that we knew him in America.
2: This this is where if this was a video, we would need to pause with a big picture of Jean Chrétien, um, who is an old Frenchman that looks like your uncle who is a lawyer and always gave you advice you didn't want.
3: Well, that could be sexy stuff, you know, that's that's your thing. That's not sexy to me. It's not sexy to me at all.
1: <laughs> I would like to tell you a little bit about copyright laws.
2: Oh. <laughs> that's much more of a Parisian sleazy French. You got to get the Quebecois sleazy French. Okay.
3: okay. Quebecois. Right. Yeah, Michael
1: Howell is yelling at me on my own show.
3: I know. I'm very rude. Yeah. Canadians, that's what you're known for. It is. What
1: I think is the other person, the other people, the other person that is standing out is now I don't have her name in front of me because I had to close all this shit to get Christopher on the damn show. But the woman who played Holloway, the Doctor, Nikki Guadagni? Guad, Guad- Guagagni, Guad- sure. Yeah, she's right now. She's the creepy aunt in Ready or Not in theaters right now. Well, <laughs> probably not right now because it's October now. But, but if we're yes, uh, exactly. recording this at the
2: very end of August, she would be in the theaters right now, and she's stealing the movie. Mm. She's also in Crash, Handmaid's Tale, and Lars and the Real Girl. Again, just another working actor from Canada. Like, you, you go through their IMDb listings, and it's like, people, "Wow, like, People busy. hate her in this movie. They hate her. I
3: think one of you said that they hated her. I hated <laughs> well, everyone in this movie, to be fair. See, it's easy to hate her, and then she starts being nice to Kazan and you're kind of like, oh God, now I feel like an ass for hate. You know, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about Helen.
1: Uh, I is it cause she's a woman with opinions?
3: No, it was just because I think they gave her the bad lines. Well, okay, the holy, holy cats was good, but then it was like pierogies. I was eating pierogies. Pierogies, I was
0: eating dinner. Pierogies, cheese and potato. I ran out of sour cream and then I went to the fridge and then
3: I don't know. I need to smoke. You're right. You're right. I quit smoking years ago. It, I know I that got she, all, all that. I would need to smoke, too. <laughs> I oh, I understood it. It was just the, the, the line she had. You know, it was like she, oh, she is, is probably she the, the most empathetic character. I'll give it that. I'll give her that. She's the only really, truly, oh, okay, in Levin, maybe. She has moments.
1: Oh, I, But what I think is interesting is that, like, everybody's on this journey while they're in there. And it, it's all about, like, this is, the movie winds up being less about the cube and more about how awful people are.
3: Yeah. Yes.
1: And I- situations like this will bring out your worst. And it's all about rising above that. Like you said, somebody, I think Michael said earlier before you were on, he was like, you know, if everybody just got together and wor- worked, they would have gotten out of here. But they, you can't because you keep getting in your own way.
2: Well, that's and, the thing is if they if they but, rather than trying to figure out the mathematical equation to escape the cube, uh, if they all sat down and went, hey, let's talk this out like adults because we're adults and figure out why we're here. And they spent like five minutes on that rather than immediately saying like getting all weird and paranoid and pointing fingers they probably could have figured it out a whole lot faster maybe maybe not who knows who knows we'll never know because they
1: didn't
3: true well in a way ren kind of foreshadowed all that because he was talking about how you got to save yourselves from yourself
0: no more talking no more guessing don't even think about nothing that's not right in front of you that's the real challenge you got to save yourselves from yourselves.
3: The shit happened to him.
2: True. Shit did happen to him.
1: Shit did happen. But what I was going to say is that particularly with Levin, Levin, that's her character. Yep. Nicole, yes. De Bur- Nicole DeBoer. Nicole DeBoer. Nicole Boer is character Levin. She starts off like, I'm this little innocent in school gun. I don't know nothing about nothing. She gets a little bit of power and turns into a huge bitch. <laughs> yeah. It re- It reversed. But then she reverses out of that again. Like when when she's got the crazy cop on her side, she she is nasty. She turns into that evil prom bitch (laughs) that you hate. She's like, I got a little bit of power, and I'm like the sidekick girlfriend, and then and now you're all stupid and just mean. She's mean, flat out mean. I'm like, I'm not going to like her. But then the fact that she's able to reverse that again, so when things happen the way they happen, I was like, no, no.
2: (laughs) Okay, but you know what really grabbed me? And I made a note of this. I watched this. So I watched this in you the 90s. You know Michael?
1: It was five oh. seconds at the bar, and it really just walked into my hand. I didn't grab you, okay?
2: God, okay. how many there times was, did I have to bring this up? There was <laughs> cupping, first of all. So no one holds their hand in a perfect it was testicle shape. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> and, it was just, that's, that's, so... Uh, Watching this with a friend. I watched it originally. uh, I didn't know what
1: it it was for seven and a half minutes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mary's crisis. Um, Marie. She's French. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, So watch this movie when it came out in the late 90s. And then probably saw it again at some point. Then I watched it again with a friend and made notes. And the one note that I needed to get in is there's, there's a game in improv where the stage is set in four or five sections and each section represents an emotion. And no matter what you're saying or doing, as soon as you walk into that section, you have to take on that emotion and it's a fun exercise and it's a fun game, but it felt like they did that at the beginning of the film (laughs) Because they all had these extreme emotions with apparently no context and no link to what they were saying or doing. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Levin was very confused and sweet and innocent, even when she's angry. And then Worth doesn't care, even when he's being helpful. And Quentin, the crazy cop guy, is just angry. Like, he's Always angry. And That's
1: then
2: Holloway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is just annoying for the most of it.
1: Hello, this is Flem the Gargoyle, ruler of hell, spawn of Satan, and corrector of Stupid Podcasts. What Michael is saying is probably true, and the emotional frames that the characters are stuck in are probably being dictated by their characters' names. Which is something that Patrick may or may not bring up later in the podcast, and if he doesn't, that would make fun of him but I will reveal all later if he doesn't. If he does, I'm not doing anything because fuck you up. Yes, you. You two. You in the back. Fuck you too. Twice on Sundays. Is it Sunday? Then go fuck yourself twice. My big problem with the movie is Quentin. Like he's the one that just like, I'm like, take it down yeah. a notch. Just a notch. Like he gives away his ending in the first five.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know that he's. But
1: one of the things snot. when I when I first saw this, I said this so clearly did not come out of an American studio. A because it's so unforgivably smart. Apparently, apparently, I've been corrected by my math whiz friends that her math is off a lot of the times. Uh, like they say, well, you know, any number with two and five is automatically prime, and a couple of those she she struggles with forever. That she should just know. And I'm going, okay, you know, in the context, sure, it all works. That maybe her math is off <clears throat> in this kind of a context. Who knows how long they're in there, how long she's been awake, and how many numbers you've looked at, whatever. They all start to blur together. I get all that. What was I saying? That's unforgivably smart. And also, the character that in an American film would be your hero, the cop, the black cop who starts off that way, turns out to be your villain unapologetically. And then to give you this grim, grim, grim ending, no Hollywood studio would have grinned at this because the way this movie ends, there is no room for a sequel, (laughs) even though there were two.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's brutal. It turns brutal and it goes back to, you know, that thing that uh, Ren said about you got to save yourself from yourselves. And they didn't.
1: No, 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 no. Because they only are killed by the cube. Yeah. The rest of them are all killed by each other. Yeah. That's the danger of these kind of situations, but I love it. I think it's just so smart and just the way that I just think, okay, what, what's the
2: deal with the cube? Okay. So they're in this cube. What's the big problem? Well, that's the thing is there's this immediate urgency for them to move. And it's why, what, like, okay. So we know that if you go that way, bad things are going to happen. So why don't we just hang out here for a bit and see what happens next? <laughs> like- well- I can also kind of see
1: that because you may A, be looking for help. You may B, you may have misassessed the situation. C, you need food. B, maybe yeah. there's other people. And C, maybe we can just find a way out. Maybe there's just a door right in this next room. Who knows? We don't know because they don't know anything. And I could see the need to explore because that is another human urge.
2: Well, not for me. I, I like to curl up in a ball and cry until someone fixes it for me. So you like, would have starved, so starved to death in your own pee. Or I would have eaten everybody else and emerged victorious from the
3: cube. I was just gonna say, Wren's—you you do not eat his face, but the rest of him, you you know, as long, well, yeah, you can eat the rest of Wren's once yeah. he's dead. Yeah, yeah and so. the face the
1: face is just a little crispy now. You know, it's a little crispy around the edges. It's a little yeah. crunch, little crunchy
2: Wren. Little crunchy. And you, I've been reading Dune, and they render people down for their water. So I feel like yeah. they really could have just hung out in that one room the entire time
1: just nibbling and
2: drinking him also given something. that it's a that it's a that's
1: set. a totally lot that's a totally that's totally a thing everybody would have been immediately on board with <laughs> yeah
3: let's eat the guy the old dude why not we're good well we're the good. other one's already
2: in tofu cubes that's right? true that's true Bite but size, they, never, they never found him they never found him yeah. yeah
1: uh i also like that everybody's named after a prison Oh, good. He's bringing it up. So I, Flem, Flem the Gargoyle, doesn't have to do anything further for this stupid podcast. Fuck you guys. I'm going to the beach. Even though it's October.
2: Yes. October. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. They're all named after prisons. I mean, except for Levin and Worth, who you have to put together. Yes. To yeah. make a prison. But there's two Levin-Worths, so...
3: <laughs> yes, That's we have Levin and we have Worth. And yeah, yes. What yes, that prison is all about.
1: And... No, like, like Levin Worth, like the like the, the, the first Leavenworth was all about the book and the new one is all corporate. So it's reflecting <laughs> their characters and, 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 um, uh, 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 Quentin is known for being an incredibly violent prison. Yeah. And you know, uh, the one that rent, uh, that, uh, Kazan is a prison, not a prison, but it's a mental institution.
3: Yeah. In Russia. Yeah. Huh. So it's,
1: yeah. <laughs> so they're all reflected in the names that they have. And were they chosen for that? Who knows? Damn it! I knew he was going to forget something. Yes, Holloway. Dr. Holloway was named after the Holloway prison that existed in London. And in the early part of the 20th century, Holloway prison was used mainly to keep captive women convicted of being suffragettes and lesbians. It's a women's rights prison, Michael Howey, and you find it annoying. You're a horrible person, Michael Howie, and that's why I want to give you all the blowjobs. Wait, what? No, no not me. Give, and I'm not giving you the blowjobs, but I'm giving you access to all the blowjobs. Fuck you. I'm going to the beach. I didn't know It doesn't that. really matter because ultimately, you know, getting smart won't get you anywhere in this cube, I've realized, because it is an exercise in human stupidity.
2: Yeah, let's talk about what's the, the whole
1: mind... moral of the movie. Just... What,
2: what's oh. the mind behind the person who would have designed such a cube? That's the other thing that comes up and I think is worthy of conversation <laughs> because they're like, who would build this? And I'm sitting on the couch going, you're right. Who would build this?
1: Uh, I could give you one answer. All He's right. in the White House right now. If you put Mexicans in it. <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> you, got you know that? what? Mexican kids in it,
2: there you go. <laughs> you're actually very right. And that's very disturbing. Is exactly. this foreshadowing? shot? Was this film a prophecy? Probably. It's hey, yes,
1: yes. I mean, we're not we're we're in the cube, man. This is not okay. We're in crazy town, and like
2: also, it's not the cube. It's cube, well, and I mean, can't get over that. I know, but they're
1: in the The, mu- the movie's called the movie is what I was just about to say. The movie is <laughs> called. I learned how to pronounce movie. It's skewl. But they're in the cube. They refer to it as the cube. So. so why isn't the name of the film the cube then? Because shut up. That's why. All right. Because one word titles are more ominous than the and cube. And it's not just about the cube. It's about the state of mind behind the cube. That's more than just, it's about being a cube. I don't know. Fuck off. <laughs> it was a low budget movie. Putting the on, it would have cost a lot more in, 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 <laughs> in fonts and shit. And, <laughs>
2: <laughs> we can afford four letters in this font. Not seven. Yes. Only four. All right. Call the movie cube.
1: And I just noticed if it was about Michael, how his beard it would be called pube.
2: Oh, I don't know how I feel about that.
3: <laughs> I'll say nothing because my curly beard. Nope, nothing <laughs> like that at all.
1: Uh, when we had cameras on before, uh, Christopher, even though we don't, uh, I don't record the video portion. It is kind of nice to see who you're talking to sometimes. it's yes. I was like, well, I'm going to have to like do my beard up for this one because of my company today. So normally I wouldn't have given a shit. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I because the, the beard trifecta, the beard effect is meeting. Then uh, we got, we got things to do. What are we talking about? We're talking about cube. Yeah. um But um, fucking that guy, that fucking Quentin is just so bad. He's so bad.
2: Yeah. It's, it's over the top kind acting of, and it's not done it well. Like the
1: way, no, it's not. It's not. It's too much. It's too much. And there are so many lines that, especially early on that could have been underplayed, but he plays, every, but at least
3: he's consistent. It's my job to read people like an X-ray.
1: Oh yeah, but I know cops like that. And the thing is, he's not even oh, a know. detective. He's not a detective. He's not an inspector. He's not a sergeant. He's just a cop. And to have that kind of Holloway uh, said something like to be that conceited. Yeah. To think he just waltz in here and take over everything, and that we're all just gonna follow you. It's just insane.
2: Yeah. Uh, there's there's a line in here And I, I wrote it down And I don't remember what the line is Maybe one of you two will uh, It would have been relatively early on They say the word Saskatoon You build a widget in Saskatoon The next thing you know it's being used
1: As some kind of death thing If you do one little job You build a
0: widget in Saskatoon And the next thing you know It's two miles under the desert The essential component of a death machine I was right all along, my whole life, I knew it. I told you, Quentin. Nobody's ever going to call me paranoid again. We got to get out of here and blow the lid off this thing.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. And I, no idea. The I, I could not help but think that they probably filmed in, Saskatch- in Saskatchewan and were. Congr- congr- I can't talk. I'm done. I give up. <laughs> Okay, so they were probably filming in Saskatchewan and were contractually obligated to say the word Saskatoon at least once. Otherwise, I have no idea why would you, you would use Saskatoon as the reference. It because makes a, no sense. A, it's a great word. It's fun to say. It's fun to hear.
1: And also to the American audience, which clearly all Canadian films are built for because we're talking about they think we're in New Mexico. So technically, this is taking place in America, <laughs> as far as they know. Saskatoon's a funny word. It makes me happy. And it, to us, it's the middle of nowhere.
2: Okay, but here's another one you could could She could have said, yeah, we could. you could make a widget and bumfuck. Okay, but if you want a fun word that's in the middle of nowhere, here's a few for you. Uh, moose Jaw, Red Deer, uh, Dildo, how Regina. About, These are all about, places in the middle of nowhere in Canada. Yeah, I have but, a friend so-
1: who
3: lives in Red Deer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But Saskatoon is one that we'll recognize. We'll be like, "What did he? Yeah. What is he talk about dildos?" And then they'd be like essays about how dildos are sexist. This movie's problematic.
2: And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But do you guys actually recognize Saskatoon? Like, do you know where that is? Oh yeah, Saskatchewan. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's a great-sounding word. It's
1: <laughs> Plus, when I was a kid and growing up, I used to love getting up in the morning catching the Saturday morning Saskatoon's on TV. Nothing, really. Nothing.
3: Yeah, it's right. between Alberta and Manitoba.
2: Yes. Well, Saskatchewan is between them, and Saskatoon yeah. is well,
3: it's in Saskatchewan.
2: Yeah. Welcome that to is... the Canadian Geography Cast.
3: <laughs> there you go. We're so excited. I just yeah, want to know, but, how, but... how much money did the Canadian government put toward this? Because I know that you get grants for yeah. even movies like Cube up there.
2: So the budget is estimated at 365,000. I would presume most of that was the Canadian government. And, uh, I think this was filmed in Toronto, which means, uh, yeah, it was filmed in Toronto, which means yeah. the Ontario government would have probably kicked some into, or at least given them such. So, Oh no, here you go. Ontario film development corporation. Yeah. So okay, there you go. There you All go.
1: Right. Yes. Thank you so much. Ontario film corporation for this lesson in toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's that guy. That guy, dude, is toxic masculinity walking.
2: Yeah, he really is. He really personifies it. And one of the things that jumps out, too, which is probably which, one of the reasons why he was picked. See? Oh, yeah. I mean, because the thing is, all these people that have been
1: put in this cube, as we learn as things go on, they've been chosen for a reason. They all have a certain
2: skill set that could, in theory, help you get out. See, I thought they were all in there being punished for something. Yeah. Well,
1: they might be. You know, we don't know. We don't know why anybody's there. But the fact that there, you know, you've got a doctor, you've got a cop, you've got a, a, a an escape artist, you've got a math whiz, you've got a, a savant, you've got um, architect, the guy who the guy who helped build it. Yeah. All these people have information that can help you solve, or get through, or navigate, or survive.
3: Yeah, and if they were being punished, why would you? What punishment are you going to do for like somebody autistic, like Kazan? It's just kind of cruel.
1: White shoes after
3: Labor Day. There you go. White (laughs) shoes after Labor Day. The rules of fashion apply to everyone. (laughs) I I was waiting the whole time at the end for Kazan to just be like, I'm the designer, you know, because that was another big thing in the 90s where it was like with usual suspects. The minute you see the one character, you know, Kevin Spacey's character limping, it's like, that's the guy. And everybody's like, nah. Kaiser Sose." Yeah, exactly. So, I thought that was going to be a thing because that was a thing in the '90s. It's just like got to put that spin.
2: Yeah, I could, I could get behind that too. I when he was introduced, there was no obvious reason for him to be introduced. So it was like, all right, that that like, yeah, why? All of these other people are functioning adults. Why would you now throw this individual into that mix? That was the thought. That kind of came in and out of my head. So I think that's a very fair point of like, well, is he a red herring or is he the bad guy or what? Why is he here? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And also to throw everybody else off to make everybody freak out. That's the other thing. What has been specifically picked to also, I think, get on each other's nerves. Mm hmm.
2: No, some of the rooms, the rooms were interesting. We still haven't
1: talked about what is going on in these rooms. Like what happens? (laughs) Like where's the horror element in all of this?
2: Yeah. the What's the the big deal
1: of going from room to room? Whatever. It's just endless rooms. What? What happens? Is there a Minotaur?
2: Is there a Minotaur? (gasps) If there was a Minotaur, I probably would have liked this film better. But I think one of the things that I enjoyed is the number of times they went into a room and absolutely nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. because that is entirely a budgetary issue. Yes. Right? Like, if, if say, every three rooms they went into, something bad happened, I feel like you would be a lot more on edge throughout this film. But oh. I was not on edge. Oh, I was. I was. I don't
1: mind. The thing is, the fact that... Because um, there's a movie that's out, foreign film, called Land of Mine, and it's about, true story, about how in Denmark... After World War II, they were trying to clean up their beaches from all the landmines that the Nazis left. And in order to do that, they used Nazis prisoners of war to what's the word I'm looking for to, to disarm these mines. Which turns out it's all these like 16-year-old boys. You got there's no music, so you get lulled into a sense of complacency. Another one that's fine. Another one that's fine. Another one that's fine. Another one that's fine. You're getting as bored as they are. Another one's fine. Ah, that one blew up. <laughs> <laughs> I just. Fortunately, fortunately they have something. Fortunately, they have something that can help them navigate these traps, these horrible traps. You know, there's like a wire room that'll cut you to ribbons. There's one that's like poison gas. There's one with like flamethrowers and shit. Acid. What? What do they have? Like they have, they have something on them that can really help them navigate these rooms. Michael, what would that be? Uh,
3: the
2: numbers. No.
3: No, something physically. Oh, yeah, Ren had it. (laughs) Oh, the shoe, the boot. Yes, the boot. Yes, they have a boot. To
1: help them, navigate. I can't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you know what? That's it's it's ridiculous, but it's I, also so in character for that character.
1: Uh huh. It's well, they're you they they're they're using a boot to throw from one room to the other to see if it triggers anything, which is smart.
3: And, and then I think they all start using it, a boot.
1: I try. I tried, Christopher. I tried. I can't do it. I just think it's great I that a, a Canadian movie featured a boot.
2: <laughs>
3: oh, that's that. I am offended. <laughs> Come on, Michael, Why say uh, it say it out in it about, in a boat. Like he... please say it. Okay, <laughs> no, so no, no. you
1: made him do it last time He got really offended and hung I up. I
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you know, though, that Google voice to text does not recognize if I send you a text, say, hey, I'm out and about, it won't recognize what I'm saying.
3: I know. I love that. When oh. you told me that, I felt so bad for you. <laughs> and yet I laughed and laughed and
1: laughed. Uh, <laughs> so, so they have to use a boot <laughs> to not begin to survive this Canadian horror film. <laughs> and I
2: don't understand how they got a boot between those rooms because it had sails and oars and an outboard motor.
1: Yeah, I know. They, they had very, very long shoelaces. <laughs> Oh, I see. Oh, I see. See, he turned tables
3: on you there, Patrick. Come yeah, on, That was very man.
1: clever. He said, "Why, why, why? Well, if we have all these things, and a, a, why do we have a, a small <laughs> watercraft with us? I don't know." I also love how many Revenge. times people. I love how people tell people to suck it a lot in this movie too, referring to their buttons. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Yes, yeah. that's great. Suck a button. Uh-huh. Like,
3: all right. All right. It keeps your saliva going.
1: Yeah. Cause they don't have any food or water. And as they say, the other thing that's going as Holloway dehydration is going to kick in. And with that comes in confusion, mental you know, dysfunction, all this stuff, all this shit that's making everything worse. So, I mean, on top of everything else, your body's going to start breaking down and your mind's going to start breaking down and it's bad. It's
2: a bad. thing. Yeah. You know what I'd like to do is actually go back and, and not even pay attention, but sort of watch early scenes and watch late scenes and compare the makeup. Because I know that they did change the makeup on the actors as they kind of went through the progression of the
3: parched of this. lips. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you can watch. You can watch. I know specific, I really noticed it on Nicole de You can watch her lips chap.
2: Yeah, but it was not overly obvious either. No, 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 no. So no, it's no, no. an interesting choice the way they did it because. And
1: when, and when that light hits those two people at the end of the movie, you're like, oh my god, their faces are just yeah. gone.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. How long
1: have you been in here?
2: Now. Uh, are we skipping ahead a little bit? Cause I want to talk we're about We're just, we're just jumping. So okay. So worth this guy, the guy who pissed. is the designer. Yes. Yeah. For he pissed me off so much because uh-huh. he is so fatalistic. He's like, Oh, what's the point? But I'll still come along with you. Thank you. Eeyore. I'm oh, nothing to live I'll just die. Yeah, so, okay. Then just die. Uh-huh. Just, just sit back, hang back. No one, no one cares. Or if you have valuable information, such as the fact that you were hired to help design the cube, maybe share that. Yeah.
3: Well, I just designed the outside, man. I didn't design the inside. So all we have to do is
1: find the door. Where's the door?
2: (laughs) Well, wherever the door guy
1: put it, (laughs) (laughs) which is a valid point. He doesn't know. He knows what he knows. And that's it. He's like, I was hired to design the shell for this cube. And that's it. I don't know anything else. And everyone else keeps insisting there's more, but that's literally all he knows. And it also goes into that theory that people were spouting a lot like the death star theory. Like there are all those people on the death star who weren't evil, that were just like doing some little teeny tiny job that they didn't know. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, that they didn't know they're building evil things. They just were just doing their job. And that's what's happening here. It's like, Holloway's got a great speech about that. It's like, you always keep the left, never let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. The brain never presents itself. Worth has a great speech. It's like, there's nobody running this thing. This thing is a mistake. And that, it's just running because it's running. And why put people in it? Because it's here. If we don't put people in it and use it, then someone has to admit that we made a billion dollar mistake. Interesting.
0: It may be hard for you to understand, but there is no conspiracy. Nobody is in charge. It's, it's a headless blunder operating under the illusion of a master plan. Can you grasp that? Big Brother is not watching you explanation is that it's the best you're gonna get i looked and the only conclusion i could come to is that there is nobody up there somebody had
2: to say yes to this thing
0: what thing only we know what it is we have no idea what it is we know more than anybody else i mean somebody might have known sometime before they got they got fired or voted out or sold it but if this place ever had a purpose then it got miscommunicated or 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 lost in the shuffle i mean this is an accident a a forgotten perpetual public works project You think anybody wants to ask questions? All they want is a a clear conscience and a fat paycheck. I mean, I leaned on my shovel for months on this one. This was a great job. Why put people in it? Because it's here. You have to use it or you admit it's pointless. But it, it is pointless. Quentin, that's my point. What have we come to? It's so much worse than I thought. Not really. Just more pathetic.
1: Military-industrial complex. Uh-huh. I had the military-industrial
2: complex once. The shots were awful. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the, the the boot eventually does get defeated um, in the one room where I think Renz goes. Is that where he dies? And by the way, the actor. No, 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 no. The, the, the
1: final boot goes out the window.
2: Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what's the one the, where they they lose the first boot is that moisture room, I think it was, where the presence of moisture sets it off or something. Please stop saying moisture on my show, but please continue.
1: <laughs>
2: You're making him
3: moist.
2: <laughs> moist. Stop it! Um, and sets off the trap, and it's like, oh, okay, we can't do that anymore. Yeah. And then there's this whole thing with the math. And I still don't understand it. I never understood it. I just accepted it as correct. And then we find out halfway through that they were wrong.
1: Well, and we're now partially, got, partially right,
3: yeah. Yeah,
2: right. but then it's like, oh, well, now we can do it this way and we'll figure it out.
3: And, and now Kazan has a reason to be here.
2: Yes. Because he's but, he is on the spectrum
1: somewhere, this poor kid. And, you know, particularly crazy Nazi guys, like this guy, just leave him behind. He's useless. He's a liability He's going to get all of his... Kids. But it turns out he's the one that can actually do the factors, the permutations that are needed to actually figure out these number clues that are attached to each room.
2: Now, are they actual clues or are they a design that was necessary? Do we have any theories on that? I think it's both. I think, cause I think it's designed that you
1: can figure your way out of this, but most that's why you put a math person in there
2: because
1: mm. someone's going to keep noticing that these numbers and that they're not sequential and they don't seem to be
2: random. They yeah. look random, but they're not so. So the problem for me, though, again, is it starts out with, oh, well, I figured out this pattern in the numbers. And as a non-numbers person, I go, oh, okay, cool. Like, if someone tells me something about numbers, I accept it at face value. I'm from the I, other
1: side of the brain. I'm the same way.
2: Yeah, like, I, it, it's meaningless to me. I know how to do basic, basic math, and that's about it. Yeah,
1: fortunately, uh, like, nobody needed, like, a time step to get
2: to the cube, so I would be useless in there. <laughs> or, like, pointless <laughs> trivia knowledge. that. They, <laughs> This door will only open with a convincing Irish accent, Patrick.
1: <laughs> oh, a convincing one. We're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> all I got is my Barry
2: Fitzgerald. It does the job. Uh-huh. Uh, no, but like it's, yeah. Like, so you, you set up this, this whole plot being around these numbers. And then, you know, two thirds of the way through, we find out that that was wrong, but these numbers are right. And it's like some big revelation. And I'm listening to me, it's almost like listening to people talking in Russian. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, so
3: but like, I, I, I have it, no
2: way of accepting or challenging it. It just no, is. No, me either. I, I had to just lay back and accept it too. Apparently
1: a lot of her math is wrong too, but uh, whatever. I I, I would not know. But um, uh, what was I going to make a point about? I don't know. Let's just keep moving. The silent room was terrifying. What a great suspense scene. Yes. There's yes. a room that is sound activated. Yes, that and was. So they have the, to get through silently or they're going to be literally spiked a
2: billion times. <laughs> That was by far the most intense scene in the entire film with the exception of, I'd say the final scene. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, like you, you, it's like when you're in an underwater movie and you find yourself holding your breath along with the actor on screen. Yes. It's the same intensity and that, Uh I mean, for me, that's this movie, that's the scene.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And the payoff for it is great too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, a wonderfully film scene. Very tense very frightening. And just like, even like when the big fear is like, well, how are we going to get Kazan through? He keeps making noise. He can't help it. Yeah. But, you know, the Holloway's got him. Holloway's guiding him through. He goes the wrong way. And then he, then he gets caught on one of the handles that open the door to six entrances to every room, you know, one. Each corner on top and bottom, four and each corner on top and bottom, and he gets c- c- stuck in the one on the bottom. And then he's trying to get out, and he's just like <laughs> he's just, the door starting to open. It's all like, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> good stuff.
2: I enjoyed it a lot. Uh huh. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, it's so good. The the other one that I love is Quentin. It's it's around the time Quentin finally snaps, right? So this is, as you said, he's he's very much representative of toxic masculinity, of patriarchy. He's the big bad cop. Yeah. Um, interestingly, he's also the only person of color in the film, uh-huh. nonetheless. There, <laughs> I think it's when he slaps Holloway. Uh, oh, she and calls I'm, him a Nazi. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You
1: fucking
2: fuck!
0: That's enough. He's a trap. Let him go right
1: now. The jungle all the way. He's endangering
2: the pack.
0: Let him go, you Nazi. What did you call me? Quentin, you let that innocent boy go. You listen to me, woman. Every day I mop up after your bleeding heart. The only reason you even exist is because I keep you. I know your type. No kids. No man to fuck you. So you go around outraged, sticking your nose up other people's assholes, sniffing their business. You missed your boat, Holloway. You're all dried up inside there, aren't you?
2: That's your fucking problem.
0: No wonder your wife left you. All that bottled up anger for young girls Ow! God help you Quentin did you smack your kids around too
2: and I don't know if if you two felt this way but it was the slowest wind up to a slap I have ever seen in my life
1: well that's also fight choreography 101 stuff you don't go until you get the signal that your partner is ready Hmm. And you stand there and you wait until they go. And if you have to go super slow, we'll make it look good on film.
3: And they the audience make- will
1: buy it. I didn't. I didn't notice, so it didn't mind. It just made the slap look bigger to me. Like it looked like her her head should have come off from that slap. And then she has the system. Did you slap your kids around the same way? Oh yeah. And she's right. That's the thing. If you watch the sequels, everything Holloway's all of her conspiracy theories are right. And don't watch the sequels because they're terrible. Really? Does that come up? Huh. So all I mean, not that kind of stuff, but not. Stuff. I mean, all the stuff, she, all our conspiracy theories. Oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It's all everything she says is right. That it is the government watching us, and it's you know, it's the whole Big Brother nonsense, and nobody. And but then again, everything that uh, what's his name says is right too. Um, worth that it's just this machine that's running, and nobody knows what it's for, but we have to keep it running because it's running. It's part of the program. So I say that I can feel management. Middle, it's a very middle management thing that I see in my head. That well, we have to keep doing it because we've always done it. Yeah, and we don't know what it's for, but just keep doing it because if we don't do it, we're going to get in trouble from corporate, and corporate has no idea what's going
2: on. <laughs> they don't even know it exists, or some bullshit like that. Well, you know, this is if you take that metaphor and you look at a politics of the world at the time. Uh, there, there wasn't anything I can think of, but I'm also not too up on the up on late '90s world politics. Uh, well, let's see.
1: We were in between wars at the time. We had George W. Bush as president, I believe, at the time, maybe.
2: That would, that would have been. Still Clinton? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't right remember.
3: At, the, at the end, yeah. uh
2: So there was some stuff. I mean, American politics you were dealing with. Uh, was Iran-Contra still going or was that earlier?
3: No, that was much earlier. Pretty much what we were going through was Clinton got a blowjob.
2: Okay. So it's not that. Unless this is like... But like, equally pointless. Yeah. <laughs> equally uh, pointless it has
1: nothing to do with his governing skills. So,
2: Yeah, I just think exactly. of like all of the... Like when you watch some of these films, you go, okay, this is very clearly a political but had But
1: had he eaten pierogies though?
2: Yeah. I ate pierogies not long ago and they were very good. I love pierogies.
3: See, and I saw that photo and I thought you were eating pierogies in honor of Holloway.
2: Yeah. And as it turns out, pierogies are just part of the regular Canadian diet. So uh, at not. least they are for me. My mm-hmm. folks grew up in uh, northern Manitoba, which is a very strong um, Scandinavian influence. So,
1: yeah. But they figure out that there's a gateway.
2: <laughs> yeah. They, 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 they establish there is a a bridge that's going to connect the inner cubes to the outer cube. But right? they, they, in the meantime,
1: they, they figured out first that there's an edge. They yes. figure out where the edge is, and they find the edge, and they're trying to figure out if there's a door on the other side. They've sent poor Holloway out there on a uh, rope of clothes. Poor Holloway. A like, oh man, man. I know man. that
3: was brutal. Brutal. Quentin murders her ass. Drops her ass. Just drops her. And then that, the look on everybody's face when he turns and he's like, "She slipped."
1: They know and damn like, well so she didn't. Shit. You know yeah, damn well she was didn't. Like,
3: oh It's because she called
1: you out on your kids. She yep. knew. Yeah. <laughs>
2: She yeah knew. that was rough like as soon as that decision got made it's like oh she's dead like as, as soon and as she Hollow knew ran-
1: it too she yeah. knew it too but she's like it's my turn
2: yeah i just so, i don't know i that
1: that's the look on her
2: face said i know i'm not coming back from this i i if i was in her shoes i would be like all right everybody hold me except quentin you go sit in the corner <laughs> but he's the strongest man yeah, well, that's just the way the breaks happen sometimes. Okay, all right. He, yeah. This dude has slapped me and has, like, indicated he wants all of us to die. Yeah. Now I'm going to let him lower me over an edge of an, you know, impossibly deep structure uh-huh. where he holds my life in the balance. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Walk, away. Walk away. Walk away to your own cube your own cube within the cube. Try not to get diced. There was a joke where someone said, you know, from square one. And yes, (laughs) I, again, it's a note I have. I do not remember the context. I don't remember that, but that's funny.
3: (laughs) I I have that written down too. I can't remember who said it or the context either.
2: Yeah. But it was just, it was so like, okay. (laughs) Like they said it. Yeah. Someone had to get it in there. That's yeah. what I said.
1: Uh, <laughs> You're welcome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. This this whole thing just feels like if everyone chilled out a bit, they could have figured this out. But they can't. That's the
1: thing that's designed not to.
2: Mm. Hmm.
1: They put people together that they knew. were. Uh, they, they, they picked that doctor for a reason, too. Like, oh, some feminist free clinic doctor. That's going to drive him up the fucking wall.
2: Yeah. I guess the problem for me is I'm used to a MacGuffin or something in a story like this, like give me something to chase along with them. And this it's the exit, but it seems impossibly difficult. Yeah. Like the, the whole premise of the film works because you know, they're not going to escape.
1: Yeah. And the whole thing is the thing too, is that, uh, what to defeat your theory is that, you know, ultimately had they stayed in the same room that they started in would have what, all of them didn't start in that room. True. In order to get to that room, some of them had to move. So, yeah. So uh uh-huh, Get out of that, Howie. All
2: right.
3: Yeah. Uh, there you go. Eventually, uh-huh.
2: the eventually the room would have gone to the gate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, because all rooms are going to pass by that gate at some
1: but point. Would you have known what the gate was?
3: <laughs> the
1: whole yeah, thing. You, the
2: whole thing.
3: You probably wouldn't unless you knew unless you bumped into Worth. Yeah. Okay. Can
2: a, we at least agree that had they had some weed? this would have been a lot more fun.
3: Would it just been them sitting in the cube? Just
2: then they would have eaten the French guy.
3: Yeah. The munchies. They munchies totally. Mhm,
2: mm-hmm. like... What if the cubes within a cube, within a cube, within a sphere, man. And then like just 20 minute conversations like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then, the, the, you know, you were you ever attracted to bugs, bunny, when he dressed like a girl, those important <laughs> questions. <laughs> All while sitting around, picking away at Ren's horse. <laughs> He's named after a bird. It's like chicken.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Hello,
2: good. Hello this is Flem the Gargoyle again.
1: And why won't you people just let me go to the beach? God damn it. All right, listen. I have to poke hole in Michael Howie theory right now because I am tired of him. I'm tired of his beard. I'm tired of his face. I'm tired of his deep, sexy voice puttering in my ears. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm not tired of that. But shut up! Listen. Michael Howie's like, oh, I would have just sitting there and eating the French guy. Michael Howie wouldn't even eat the big gay ice cream because it wasn't vegan ice cream. He would be sitting there going, oh, do you have any people that are made out of vegetables? Na, na, na. That would be Michael Howie in the queue. Dying, waiting for somebody to come along that's made out of chickpeas. Now I'm hungry. But not for chickpeas. Actually, I want the pierogies. Hmm.
2: All right, one thing I need to ask because I could not. My friend and I, we laughed hysterically when I pointed this out. And if you didn't notice it, go back and watch it because you're going to notice it and then you're going to laugh. You know, the horror music that's in like, yeah. And then something backwards. Yeah. When you listen to this one, listen carefully. It's an actual woman going. It's not a synth. It's not a sound. It's a woman. It's clearly a vocal. And I just thought that was the most insane thing I had ever heard.
1: I find this. I think the score is very effective, and because it's not just her going, but you actually hear her breath going. But it's something backwards. She says something, but it's backwards, and I keep meaning to, you know, if I ever get off my ass, I'll probably run it through Audacity and see if I can figure it out,
2: or I won't care because it's probably nothing. Yeah, that seems like a lot of work for Cube. Uh huh. It seems like a lot, Patrick.
1: It is. It is, and also I've like it's not like I've got 28 other movies that I'm doing in this like insane period of time. Yeah. Exactly. But if I think of it when I'm editing the sound for this one, maybe I'll do it. Maybe, and then I'll probably be very disappointed that she's just probably saying like, I don't know, nachos, 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 nachos,
2: nachos. nachos. <laughs> nacho cube.
1: It's not It's nacho cube. It's the government's cube. Mm-hmm. We don't know whose cube it is because they come up with nothing. They come up with no theories because ultimately, when you're in this situation, none of that shit matters.
2: True, but then they do find the gate, right? They eventually figure out the math that made no sense was wrong, and the new math, which also makes no sense, is right. But they have a limited amount of time to get through. You know, oh know, yes. because on top many of
1: everything, because on top of everything else, the cube moves. Like, yes. these rooms are moving like a combination lock, and it's only open in one position. So you got to figure out be in the right place at the wrong yeah
2: yeah right
3: time to get to this gate. And I love how the buttons. Somehow scratched into metal, plastic, buttons. plastic buttons, button and she's metal. scratching in like formulas it's, into these like hard metal plates with a plastic button that she's been sucking on because that's what they need for hydration.
1: It's titanium buttons that are available only in Saskatoon, Canada.
3: <laughs> that has to be it.
2: True story. Maybe this entire film was actually just a marketing piece for the titanium button industry of Saskatoon. Uh-huh.
1: X, perfect
2: yes uh-huh and it's, it's all just really a travelogue for saskatoon yeah <laughs> come to saskatoon you might as well be draped in a you giant won't get cube cubed. yeah uh-huh uh-huh it's There's all a, yeah well saskatoon's nice they've got farms
3: full of cubes
1: yeah huh farm yeah <laughs> well they're growing cubes <laughs> organically these are my organically cruelty-free cubes mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sure
2: oh golly so they yeah. make their way through Right, so yeah. now there's there now yeah. there's urgency. We got
1: Levin, we've got Worth left at the end, and and they've they've separated themselves from Quentin because he fucking crazy. He like tries to take off with her. Yeah, he's yeah. telling they're her like they're gonna be the new Adam her. and Eve and shit. I'm like, oh no, girl, you get out. No girl, no. <laughs> no, no, no. That's when she takes her power back. She's just like, absolutely not, no. <laughs> No, you're fucking crazy. You killed her and everything. So she takes all her power backs, so they ditch him and they're running around with Kazan, getting through. They're making it, they're making it, but then they get separated from Kazan. So it's just the two of them left at the
2: end. Now, by this point, Worth has been injured in some way, right? Repeatedly. Yeah, Repeatedly. Like, he's the he's the punching bag of the whole yes, movie. Quentin beat
3: the shit out of
1: him in and that one. He gets like Captain like Kirk injuries. You know, like he, he yeah, hit with a boot 85 times. I said a boot and a boot. He comes away with like a slight <laughs> bruise on the side of his face. I'm like, we're talking broken ribs. He wouldn't be able to yeah. move,
2: but whatever. It's a movie. Keep going. That yes. scene though. I thought he killed worth. That is how ferociously he beats them with the, boot. yes, it's insane. They should have called this movie, the boot actually, or a boot. A boot. Where's the fun in the boot? It's gotta be a boot. A boot. <laughs> We've already had dust boot. Yeah, and then the sequel could be, uh, out in a boot.
1: Out Yes, well yeah. well, yeah. What happens when you're out? Mm-hmm. Oh, golly. Yes, yeah, so they get to the end and it's great. The, the door opens. They open the door and there's a glaring white light. They're out. It's not another cube room. They're out. And then I'm just going, go. I know. <laughs> yeah, just go! run. Right. Worth has to have this crisis of the soul. I'm like, why are you having this now? If this was a different movie, I'd call you this one bitch because everybody, everything bad that happens from now on is because of you, this one bitch who couldn't get his shit together to get through the goddamn door.
3: <laughs> I have nothing to live for out there. It's boundless human stupidity.
1: Boundless human stupidity is what we're calling this episode, by the way. <laughs>
3: yeah, so <laughs> it's the pull quote for it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And Why? you know what? He's not wrong. I'm like looking at today, going, "Yep." <laughs> yep.
3: Y- yeah, even I mean worse, that, that. Even worse now. To world, the times.
1: <laughs> you you were better off doing what you didn't, just staying and you'd rather dying with a friend than facing whatever was out there. Got that? But yeah, he has this moment. I'm like, just go, just go. But the problem is, it gives them enough time for fucking Quentin to catch up with them and kill all their asses. And apparently, nobody hears these fucking doors open. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that how like the, the whole thing was how noisy these are because that was the here whole scene the with the door,
3: silent room. The
1: door opened and nobody looked to see what was happening.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he's there with you know one of the the handles that they use to open everything.
1: And goes stab happy on everybody on the people who did the work to get you there. Yeah, well, yeah, why doesn't
2: like... Why doesn't he just run? Why Why are they all not just running out of the cube? Well, because
1: he wants, no, he's not letting them out. That's the whole thing. It's like, I'm not, it's like, I'm going to get out because the door's here, but I'm going to kill you fuckers. You're not going to escape this shit. I am in that toxic masculinity kind of way. He says repeatedly you're at all costs and she embarrassed him. She turned him down and that other guy's been a thorn in his side. The whole movie He's like, fuck that. I'm going to kill you both. And he does. goddammit. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that- and he does. But fortunately, so there's only him and Kazan left and, you know, Kazan, out and the other guy's coming out and trying to hold, keep Kazan from escaping. And then, fortunately, Worth is not quite dead and does something useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And holds on, hold on to the fucker long enough for that the room to start to change, and he just gets smushed And I was like, ooh, that that, when they show the cube, when they oh, this, it, that was a schmear, that was a New York schmear, yeah, that was that a smear when schmear, schmear. <laughs> blood on the wall. My, that is so gross, Oh, gross. And he had one leg in and one leg out. I'm like, ooh, he got chopped in the business. He got, he got a business much, which is absolutely appropriate for that son of a bitch character. So only Kazan gets out and he's just walking into this white light. And that's the final image. You don't know what's waiting for him on the other side. And I think it's a fantastic ending. Yeah. They ruined in the next movie.
2: (laughs) So the problem, uh, the whole thing with this film is that you don't know anything. Yeah. Right. And I, it's like, I love closure. I really do. And I I dislike when films are intentionally open-ended because I love open-ended movies Oh, you're the worst I know
1: Because I will always take a movie that will have me talking about it for hours afterwards And debating and arguing Rather than something I forgot by the time I've thrown out my popcorn
2: Why are you throwing out popcorn? Well, because there's a hole in the
3: bottom (laughs) (laughs) Why is there a hole in the bottom? No reason (laughs) Okay, that makes sense You New Yorkers do weird things with your food Anyway. This popcorn's wiggling. <laughs> just kind of back and forth, just a little bit. It's throbbing.
2: Yes. Don't worry, I have a knife. I'll stab whatever's in there. No,
3: Enough we'll shoot it.
2: We'll shoot cube. it. We're Americans. We'll shoot it.
3: <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: And, but the thing is, in the sequels, it tells you everything. It explains everything about the cube, and it's just like.
3: <sighs>
1: you I know like, what? This, this kind of reminds me. Christopher, and the fact that it's exactly what you think it is, is boring.
2: Yeah, I get that. But this reminds me of, uh, Christopher, what's the, the book we've talked about where the sci-fi writer went crazy writing the sequels? It was Annihilation.
3: Oh, yeah. When, uh, yeah, Jeff Vandermeer, just how he kind of had that whole weird time when he was like on a hard deadline to write these books and he was like breaking into his own house and he just totally came unhinged from the rest of reality while writing those books
2: and yeah, that, that the one? there's a movie about it with Natalie Portman, which is great. I mean, it's, I heard it doesn't compare to the books, but yeah, I thought it it's was great. It's very well done. It's the disconnect from reality yes. is what is, what makes it happen. And I feel like that's what cube was trying to go for in some degree of let's take these things out of their environment and put them into this other environment where we can explore what it means. Uh-huh. To, to, to be a person, to be angry, to be scared, to be whatever. Uh, and it feels like annihilation when they do that, right? Because they're taking people and putting them into this unfamiliar situation with all these new things. The people immediately start to snap, right? They're like, this is fucking weird. Things need to change. I'm leaving. Well, uh, yeah. And in Cube, they can't. I'm working through this with both of you as I think about it. So I'm just verbal diarying, which makes her great podcasts. I know I just, I don't know. There's something about cube that I enjoy, but at the same time, something about it that makes me uncomfortable it's and I'm supposed reaching. To. I'm, <laughs> it's supposed to, but not uncomfortable in a, I want to think more about this way. Oh, okay. 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 Well, it's not a nice place to be. Yeah. It's,
1: it's weird. I don't know. Maybe that is what they wanted to get though. I think that's exactly what they wanted to get, that it, it's a nihilistic piece. I mean, the whole thing is that this is all just boundless human stupidity and the failures of the human brain and nature. Human nature is flawed, and he this is what we should do, but no one ever does that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what's frustrating about it, is that it is. It's like, okay, well, why don't you just do this then? Like I said, like if they all just got together at the beginning and put everything on the table— this is who I am, what I do, et cetera, et cetera, rather than everyone trying to like hide stuff.
1: Yeah. For no then reason. But he still would have had to take charge guy and people would have petty arguments about bullshit and it would have broken down in some other way. It's Lord of the Flies, man. It's the same thing. Society breaks down when, when you change it's, it's, um, it's, um, but what's the Twilight Zone episode? Monsters are here on Maple Street. Yeah. Where they just drive an entire town insane just by turning all the lights every now and then and everybody's conspiracy theories start to just turn them against each other. Interesting. Yeah. 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 It's just the little, just take people out of the norm. Like literally, if you just turn out the lights long enough, like to, or like, or like in Mad Max, the gas runs out, society collapses. So just, just alter things a little bit and we will fall apart. Like take away the internet right now. We're going to be useless. We're so fucking dependent on it. We don't know phone numbers anymore. We don't know anything anymore because we just turn to the internet now. So what's an encyclopedia? That kind of a thing. Whatever. I got nothing. I'm just babbling. I have no idea. And there's there's no Okay, I
3: have something. Do either of you think that there's any particular reason the writer, the director, whomever, chose like some kind of a statement? It's like, out of all these people, the developmentally disabled guy, the autistic guy Kazan, He's going to be the only one who lives. Do you think they were trying to say anything with that or?
1: Well, um, possibly he's the only one that didn't get into all that petty bullshit.
3: Yeah, true. That's something. Yeah. Yeah. So see, there you go, Michael. Now you have something you can think about and actually like it because it's like, okay, the guy who was just like, hey, why is this guy here? Like I said, I kept thinking. He's going to just totally at the end just drop. You're going to hear his voice, and he's going to be like, This was my devising, you know, and walk off. Or, you know, somebody would win, and then Kazan would either kill them or say, Like, Dread Pirate Roberts, now you're the one who's going to
1: pulls know, off his then... mask. And it was really me, Carol Channing, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten away with it, too, because there's no meddling kids in here, because we didn't pick them. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Did you get your face burned off, Mr. Red? Oh, golly gee whiz. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to my cube.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think a a Kaiser Sose moment would have made this film make sense in some way. And I guess what bothers me is that it doesn't make sense. There's no obvious to me. This is what this story is about. Uh Uh-huh. And I hear what you're saying, and I think it now bothers me that I didn't take that away from it. And it's making me question, what's wrong with me? And should I stop drinking this whiskey that I made in the shack?
3: There you go. Never make the shack whiskey, Michael.
2: Out of a cod's butt. True. That's called getting screeched in, and it's out of their mouth.
1: Well, if you get screeched out, it's out of their butt. Oh.
2: That's what millennials are doing.
1: That means you're leaving the society. (laughs) You're
2: officially not not a Canadian (laughs) now, so. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's not a Canadian thing. That's a Newfoundland thing.
1: Oh, it's a Newfoundland thing. Oh, by the way, they're having a whole documentary. I don't know if you know this. Oh, well, because I've got to take this out because it will already have happened. On September 11th, Phantom is doing one of those one-night things in the theaters. It's a whole documentary about that town in Newfoundland, Kendrick. the 9-11 town. Kendrick. Yeah, again, it's a whole documentary about that day. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, gonna, Yeah. Now that I've seen Come From Away, I can go see that and be like, nah, see actually the people that were the actual people instead of the fake people. Playing the people in the thing that I saw on Broadway, which is called a play or musical sometimes because there's music and I'm just babbling now. Just please somebody shoot me in the face. Thank you.
2: Hey, Patrick, can I show you this cube I've devised? That's a funny shaped cube. It's very veiny for. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I wow. I like like storytelling that has a beginning, a middle and an end. It's comfortable for me. And Uh, this has literally none of those things. Uh huh. Uh huh. So neither does a cube, does it? Oh, boom!
3: there you go.
1: <laughs> All right, boys, I think we've done Cube. Whatever you do, don't watch the sequels. Please don't. They're just they're <laughs> terrible. Embarrassing. The other thing is, like, I was looking at uh, the director's other movies. He did. Did any of you see Splice? I forgot yeah. about Splice. It was a sci-fi thing that, that got a major release here in the States. I guess that was his big Hollywood debut. And it was such a shame. It was such a good movie until the huh. last reel. The last reel totally smacked up. We don't, the studio's coming and say, we don't trust the uh, director. So we're going to reshoot everything and give it this Hollywood ending. Cause it was really smart and really scary and really original. Then all of a sudden it just turned into, and ah, the monster's going to jump up and eat the cast and abandon everything that came before. And we haven't heard from him
3: since. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Michael's like, I hate the bastard man. He made this nihilistic thing about cube and he doesn't deserve a future.
2: Oh, oh, okay. Here's some important information. I don't like red rooms. He never,
3: and, and, I don't like red rooms. Yeah, red room, I, red room.
1: You know, that's the other thing. In the other movies, Kazan does not get his gumdrops either, which pisses me off.
3: But the did Matt you Fern, notice all the rooms 27 bags like, of gum. Sorry? They were primary colors. You had art, red, green, blue. And I was waiting for, like, the math to tie into that and stuff, Group. but Group. no.
1: Green is not a primary color. Huh? It's not a primary color. It's yellow and blue put together. Not primary.
3: Well, yeah, okay. That's true. Okay. Maybe it is in Texas. Well, okay. I was thinking like computer Do you even monitors. Have green RGB. in Texas? Because that's
1: like a plant thing, right? No, we just, have
3: we have no desert, we have right? brown. It's like everybody <laughs> here is colorblind
2: and that would explain why people there are so angry all the time. No kidding. It, it now, would. Something I'd like to point out as we're talking about color is the first so this director, uh his filmography, he worked in the art department. In the early 90s, on several things, including Babar. Uh, I don't know if you guys had that down there. He's oh, an elephant. Yeah. Yeah. The Elephant Prince. Uh, Beetlejuice, Adventures of Tin Tin, Five American Tales, he was, The Cat. He
1: also yep. did the Saturday morning cartoon of um, 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 Tales from the Dark Side.
2: Tales from the Crypt Keeper? Yep. Yeah. Which was the so, cartoon version of Tales
1: of the Dark Side. So. Oh, okay. Tales from the Crypt, you useless piece of crap! Forget it. I'm not making it to the beach now. I'm just gonna sit here and eat smoochies used kitty litter because why not? It's more fun than listening to the show. I hate you all. Tales from the Crypt. And you call yourself a horror fan? I call you poopo Fist.
2: Which somebody um, thought was a good idea. It was not. <laughs> I remember that show. It was terrible. But I just—it's interesting though to see like. He was heavily involved in children's cartoon shows. And then he
1: made. Kids. Yeah. You don't know what it's like on the set of a children's TV show now, do you? No. Apparently many of them are the hellest, most hellish place on earth, particularly in the years. Because a friend of mine used to write for Saturday morning cartoons. Horror author, Shauna Abley, who's been on the show several times. And he said it used to be wonderful. But then like. Government mandates came down that every show had to have educational quality to it and all these guidelines and all these things, and all of a sudden it became a horrible place to work. Hmm. You can't you can't show that girl eating a carrot like that. Yeah. That's sexy. That's too sexy. You can turn on pedophiles if you see show a show girl eating a carrot. No, have her eating it out of a bowl with a knife and fork. I would
2: like to do an in-depth look into the lore of Cube. I'm gonna throw myself into this and disappear from the world for six months. But I'll be back. Please don't. Okay, I Please won't. Don't. We'll miss you. I won't do it then. You're you're need you're needed
1: in my life. You make me feel better about myself.
2: <laughs> oh. Well, to fans, because
1: I'm of... like, well, at least at least I'm not Michael Howie. Jesus
3: Christ! <laughs> <laughs> no, God. that guy, man. I mean, he has a great voice, and he thinks that's everything. That's I'm all not he's wanted got. by the
1: French government for attacking tourists in a bar. So. <laughs> the (laughs) quebecois governments i didn't go to the big gay ice cream and order the biggest gay thing on the menu i'm gonna i'm gonna eat this big gay pink
3: dick okay to be fair it was the only vegan thing on the menu Uh
1: uh-huh i told you that i told you that going in Mm -hmm.
3: so see if i went there i would be eating the big pink dick too it's true michael and i on both sides of patrick eating big pink dicks
1: and I'd be eating the stuff that comes out of tits. Go, so go figure. Go figure. Okay, uh, guys, I don't know where we are now. So where can people find out more about you? Uh, Christopher, we never even talked about Not About Lumberjacks. You have your yeah. own show. We, we did not talk, that talk about Not
3: About Lumberjacks. And in fact, it is October. So that means next month is my annual make sure that this story is not about Lumberjacks. Lumberjacks story that's not about Lumberjacks. <laughs> But no, you can except stop. when it is, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. And Michael actually did uh, one of those episodes about uh, a guy in a lumber camp, but it was not about lumberjacks.
1: Uh-huh. I know. That was the first
3: thing I listened to. <laughs>
1: that
3: is. Yes. But but I, yes. I was blown
1: away. I'm like, so it's not about lumberjacks, but it's at a lumber camp. It's, 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 wow. Meta. But it's not just just you being you. And I loved all that. And where can people find it? Is it not about lumberjacks? And
3: it's at like, uh, no lumberjacks.com.
1: Okay. No, no lumberjacks. Ever. Ever. Never. That was the first cut of Mommy Dearest, by the way. No, Lumberjacks! Ever! But that's no, okay. There was pretty much... There was not enough gay in this movie. The far, The closest gay I could make is that possibly Holloway was lesbian, but there's no confirmation of that one way or the other, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to stick it in somewhere. So therefore, we have Carol Channing, and now we have Joan Crawford. So I think I've gained Cube up enough. i gained the shit out of this now.
2: <laughs> and Michael, where can people find you? People can find me by searching for Defender Radio, the podcast for wildlife animal or wildlife advocates and animal lovers, uh, anywhere they listen, as well as the End of Time and Other Bothers, where I play a flightless fairy. He does. Mm-hmm. What do you mean
3: play? named Egerton?
2: What do you mean play? It's an improvised
3: comedy. What do you mean play a flightless tabletop? fairy.
2: You, I've
1: met you. You pretty much are a flightless fairy.
2: And I, I really mean, love it's you. true. So it is a true. big flightless hairy fairy.
1: Mm -hmm. It's a very similar character. And if I'm French, you're a hairy, scary fairy. (laughs) 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 Mastodon! Anyway, thank you, boys, for joining me. Thank you so much for taking part yet again in the Countdown to Halloween Marathon and helping out the kids at New Alternatives. It means more to me than you will ever
2: know. We love you, and we love to support that charity.
1: Oh, and I also forgot you can find all of us at Cut the Bullshit Podcasting, which is a nice little think tank of people from all levels of podcasting industry we can share ideas and concepts and help each other out if you're a podcaster get your ass signed up there it's a good healthy place to be where no one's trying to sell you crap all the time
2: yes except for me and well, i'm trying sexual- to sell you my
1: love i was gonna say i was like that's sexual services and that's a whole other thing <laughs> yeah and i want my toonie back to wait it'll for come my- out okay. eventually okay so thank you boys again thank you thank you very much and before you go i just gotta say it you know what i gotta say
2: happy happy Halloween. Where's that beard at?
3: Beard's on my face! It's on my face.
1: my beautiful, beautiful screamers. That is going to wrap up the Cube section of this program. So thank you, thank you, thank you to Michael Howie. Thank you to Christopher Gronlin. Thank you for joining me again. Thank you for helping out the kids at New Alternatives. You know how much that means to me. And thanks to everybody for listening as well. Listen, I have dried my eyes. I have reevaluated some things. And let's just talk about donations for a little bit. Okay, I know. The show's over, but let's just take a moment to just reframe things because I've done this in the past. All right, let's look at it this way. This entire everyday's halloween fundraiser has 12 episodes to it. Okay? 12 episodes. If you don't think you don't have a if you think oh I don't have a ton of money to give, you know like my donation isn't enough, bullshit. <laughs> Any little bit you got is going to be enough, but hey, frame it this way. If you give me a dollar an episode, that's $12. Right? That's less than what I paid for my lunch this afternoon at Subway. Less than a Subway sandwich combo meal. They'll be paying for two kids, Thanksgiving dinner, and all tournaments, two kids, full meal for them. And he said, $12, it's nothing. Yeah, but if 100 if you give $12, that's $1,020, that, that, that's over $1,000. Like, don't make me do math right now. But hey, just just reframe things, please, please. I know it's the holidays. I know it's hard. I know this is why I don't intend to do fundraisers over the holidays, but I couldn't do it at Halloween because technology was against me. Okay? That's why I do it at Halloween, because other people don't do fundraisers right now. And you're not worried about, oh, my holiday gift-giving thing. But hey, maybe you can scrimp a little bit on gifts for people that you know. And give a gift to some people that you don't know who actually really, really need this. Really, really need this. Maybe not buy novelty socks for that friend you only kind of like. Just you know, just give it to somebody who really needs it for change. I'm yelling at you, and I don't mean to. But you know how to do this. You go on over... To bit.ly slash SQ pod NA, Scream Queens Podcast, New Alternatives, or bit.ly slash Scream Queens Pod FB, Scream Queens Podcast, Facebook. That's all in the show notes. Please, I'm begging you, make Thanksgiving a little brighter for the kids in New Alternatives. Please, please. Before we go, I do have some people to thank. This was one of those episodes that was not recorded using the Squadcast app. Yeah. You might think, oh, Patrick, it sounded okay. Yeah, but you don't know how much work went into it. I had to record this on Skype. Had to record it on Skype, which means that file recorded as a video file, not an audio file. So I had to record, I had to convert video to audio. And then all the levels were so messed up, I had to go and individually go through everybody's voice track and like individually equalize everything run everything through at least four different filters, then run it through Hindenburg for a speech pattern thing, and then back through Audacity again through a main equalizing program. It's like 10 steps I did not have to take. I mean, if, had, I, had I been able to do this in Squadcast, all this extra work I would not have had to do, and it would have sounded a million times better without the work. So if you're a podcaster, you're tired of playing around with crappy sound on your remote interviews, check out Squadcast. Check out the link in the app. I believe you get two weeks free to check it out if you use that link that down there. So go do that. Squadcast. Remote interviews for professional podcasters. Step up your game, kids. And also thank you to everybody at Captivate FM, my podcast host who continue to make podcasting easier than I thought it ever should be. And I'm still not accustomed to that. If you want to check them out, go check out that uh, link down there as well. And I believe you get two free weeks through that link as well. So yeah, 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 yeah. Opportunities everywhere. Make your show better and easier with captivate and squadcast one two punch wally do wally day and of course donate 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 so next time kids oh my goodness to kick off the holiday season right, I'm going to ruin it with one of the scariest movies ever, one of possibly my all-time favorite horror movie. I'm actually going to be giving a full episode this time to Black Christmas from 1974. Yeah, I covered it on the show before ages ago, and it was just me, and it was like a 10-minute segment, but now I'm bringing on Kristen and Dan from Killing Your Darlings. We're going to deep dive into what's going on at that creepy fraternity and who's calling on that phone. Billy, 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 Billy. Billy, don't lose that number. Actually, Billy lose my number. Forget what Phil Collins said. Thank you very much. So, it's going to be fun. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. And uh, donate. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers continue to make the world a creepier place. Maybe a little less creepier for people who've already been through enough. And never, ever forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it through the final reel. And have a happy Thanksgiving, wherever you are. (laughs)